Sabrina Marie, host of the Building Abundant Success series. Our primetime mastermind focuses on integrity, integrity in business. My guest is Dr. Robin Joppy, and she is the brain genius behind the International Shades of Beauty conference going on November 12th through 14th. And we talk about not only the integrity in business, but how she got her start in business in the corporate world and then moved over to starting her own consulting and marketing businesses. And we talk about also how this program, not only for professionals, people who are in business, and the international beauty community are going to be participating virtually on November 12th to 14th. We talk about also the products, products that are sold to us women of color, and how the international community is responding, not only with this conference, but future conferences and philanthropy. Go to internationalshadesofbeauty.com to find out more. So, Dr. Robin Joppy and I are coming at you with this awesome interview right now. We do have your International Shades of Beauty and uh, the reflection of our complexion tour, but you're also a businesswoman. I want you to tell our audience a bit about yourself and uh, what made you come down this path. Wow, yes. Thank for, but first of all, Samantha, let me just say thank you for having me today. I really appreciate it, and um, I just want to say thank you. But um, I grew up in corporate America. I uh, rose through the ranks of corporate America in public relations, professional services, um, marketing background, national marketing, and then landed in corporate compliance and integrity. Worked for uh, different organizations and companies, International Human Services Organization, where we were, you know, um, in several countries, um, South Africa, Azerbaijan, Russia, Moldova. So I really got a taste of what it's like to do business on an international level, worked in the insurance industry, liaison for government. And I really um, fell into entrepreneurship, and I say by accident, but then I'm going to say this without sounding contradictory. I believe life is intentional. I really don't believe in coincidence, if that doesn't sound double-minded, <laughs> but um, I had uh, worked in, as I said, in corporate America, and then I was in the last year of my uh, doctoral program at Drexel University. Changes were happening at the company. Um, my father, who I became a caretaker for, was sick, and it was just a, a time to make a decision. And I decided family first. I was going to um, take care of my dad, finish my last year of my doctoral program, and to see what life had to offer. Two days after I left the company, the six-figure salary, and began to take care of dad and focus on school, I got a call from um, a consulting firm that I had engaged on many occasions uh, to come in in corporate America and, and just do some monitoring and auditing of programs and services that I was responsible for. So he contacted me. He said, hey, I called the company, and they said, you're not there anymore. I really need you. And so that was my first, <laughs> you know, first uh, consulting position when I left uh, corporate America, wasn't looking for work. And I'll say this. 
for the time that I've been an entrepreneur, and it's been five years now, I never had to go after business. It, it came to me. So um, that's how I really ended up in this entrepreneurial space. Now, how International States of Beauty came about was um, I was on my way to Dubai to do business there, and I was part of a um, team that's uh, on the board of a organization called Global Success Society. We were having a retreat there. Long story short, I had purchased some products. I had some very, very sensitive skin, purchased products before I was on my way to Dubai, uh, get to the airport, uh, going through security, my bags, you know, when you go to check in bags too heavy, I take stuff out of my bag and I take the products out to make my suitcases um, lighter so I didn't have to pay those fees, extra fees. And I go through security and they confiscate the products that I just purchased, spent all this money on because they were not the four ounces that the airline requires. Get to Dubai can't find products for my skin type, and that's where that journey began. I began talking to expatriates in the country, trying to find out what they do, um, and one year later, we launched International Shades of Beauty. I mean, there's a lot of storyline there, but I know we're on time constraints, so that's how International Shades of Beauty came about because, you know, I looked at myself, I looked at people who look like me, and I'm in these countries that have, you know, so much um, money. They have products. They tout they have the largest malls in the world. But yet I can't find products for my skin type. And the products that I did find had skin lightening and brightening and whitening agents in them. And I'm not putting that stuff on my skin. You know, for those people who do, that's, you know, that's their priority and that's their right, but that's not something that I was interested in doing. So that's how that happened. Wow. Um, you mentioned on the entrepreneurship path that you took was intentional. Life is intentional. But you also yeah. have a book about integrity, and you have to really be true to you. So congratulations for um Putting family first. So many people are in that boat. <laughs> you have to. Yeah. Uh, you only get one family, and you only get one shot. And um, that's right. You know. Yeah. Yes, indeed. Um, the integrity in business. Be your word. And we know not only in corporate America, any America, in business. Mm-hmm. As a black person, um, we have different issues and even getting a business off the ground and Mm -hmm. I might add being taken seriously in business Mm -hmm. how have you been able to uh, start these wonderful things and cultivate and attract the people you need to get things done Wow, that's a that's a great question and and I'll say this again, you know, um I I do truly believe life is life is definitely intentional. Um but I I'll, I'll say this, you really have to know your purpose. You have to know what your assignment is. Really what is it that you want to do? I had to find people in organizations that was doing something, that were doing something 
similar, if there was anything out there like what I wanted to do. And, you know, look for professional associations, trade associations. Look for people um, who can mentor you so that you don't uh, have the same pitfalls that they they may have encountered that can give you that advice, that, that can tell you how to get access to funding, how to market your business, how to even how to figure out who your target market is. You know, sometimes we have all these great ideas, and we there's so many things that we want to do, but will people buy what it is that we're trying to sell? Because we think it's great. Everyone else might not think it's great. For me, like I said, I, I specialize, even in the compliance sector, um, when I started out in the insurance business and, you know, healthcare arena, I had a, a taste of different genres, if you will. And so I had that experience. But um, when I went out on my own, um, the first thing that happened when I had to, if you recall what I said, you know, somebody who I used to from a well-known consulting firm that we would hire, to, I would hire engage to come in periodically to, to make sure that the company um, my, de- my department, some of the work that we were doing internationally was in compliance with laws and regulations that govern our business. Um, when he reached out to the company to find me, um, and we finally talked, he said, I need you. You have a specialty that um, we need, and our, we have a client that's in trouble. So I even had, was specialized in a certain um, group, if you will, in compliance, and that was a big help to me. So when I started, okay, I'm going to formalize this because once I started working with that consulting firm, that firm, their attorney, and their clients would then reach out to me. So that's how the work just kept coming and coming and coming because I had a special market that I could cater to and I was viewed as an expert. So I'll say this to all the listeners out out there today. Whatever it is that you are doing, want to do as an entrepreneur, make sure that you are seen as the expert. Being seen as the expert and actually being an expert are two different things. So you do everything you can to stay on the cutting edge of what's going on in your market and your industry, study, network, uh, become members of trade associations or professional associations in your market so that you, you know, you're making those connections and when work is available or assignments come up, they'll think of you. And so that's what I did. I made sure that I stayed in touch and networked. So that helps as well. Yeah, they say that your network can determine your net worth. Absolutely. And the uh, the people you have around you, the mindset uh, of positivity, et cetera, um, you know, mm-hmm. and attracting that type of thing is, is very, very vital. Now, getting back to the international shades of beauty, you're talking about going places and not being able to find products. But mm-hmm. in the women of color industry, we mm-hmm. are a multi, multi-mega billion dollar Industry in yes. itself, yet we don't have a lot of people rep- who represent us doing this type of thing. So I find it really exciting. Um, what do you say about the industry in general? Because I've read through, 
you know, articles that there have uh-huh. been people who've uh, talked about producing products, et cetera. And I'm also uh-huh. people who have uh-huh. businesses who want to sell, but we have very few uh-huh. black-owned businesses. Uh-huh. What do you say? Uh-huh. Again, great question. And when you look at this industry and, that, you know, when I look at the black beauty industry, um, black-owned beauty supply stores, um, and, and just access with us, um, and I am a proudly African-American woman, um, being at the forefront, it's disheartening. It's really disheartening. I was reading a study, um, or I should say an article that was published back in April 2021, and it, it was titled Black-Owned Beauty Supply Store Aims to Diversify the Market. And um, it's a gentleman who's a professor, Professor Devin Robinson, who he's the founder of, of uh, the Beauty Supply Institute, which is out of Georgia. And he gave some very interesting statistics. Um, he stated that last year in the U.S. alone, the beauty supply business made $50 billion, yet African Americans only own 3% of that market. The beauty supply industry is a 96% ethnic market. You know, despite African-American women spending more than, watch this, $54 million, another study, um, in ethnic care care and beauty products, and that was back in 2017, alone beauty supply stores are part of a multi-billion dollar industry that historically locks us completely out, we see a large percentage and mainly, I should say mostly, owner, ownership of these stores are by Asians. It's the Korean market. And so it's disheartening to me because, you know, growing up where I live in Pennsylvania and going to stores, I can remember we had like one or two stores and everybody knew everybody it was a meeting place. And you go into the stores, and we go there. It was a big thing to go on Saturdays. Everybody was there, grandmothers and aunties, everybody, community showed up. And then one day, the stores disappeared. And the next thing we're seeing is the Asians coming into our communities and owning the stores. This is my my feeling. I'm, I'm not anti-Asian. I want to be very clear about that. Um but you have to look at the reality of things. You have to ask the question, why is it? Why are we spending all of our money supporting these stores? And, you know, we've all heard some of the comments from people for years and years like how they're treated when they go into a store, being followed around and, you know, not being treated nicely. And, you know, some of the products are locked away and, that in and of itself has a perception of, you know, what, we're criminals, we're coming in and we're trying to buy these products. And so um, certainly not not a good feeling and, and have a lot of negative connotations to that. I look forward when I hear and, and great um, joy when I hear um, women, especially younger women, say that they want to open up a beauty supply store um, and, in the community of brick and mortar and wish them wish them well and, and hope that they will have huge success. One of the things I can say is, you know, um, these third generation, fourth generation 
um, Koreans, the, their, the legacies that are being left to them, they no longer want because they've gone to college, they've developed other interests, and they've seen some of the things that their parents have gone through and their grandparents have gone through, and they want no parts of it. So that opens up an opportunity for uh, people of color to go back into the community and really try to open up a business, a brick-and-mortar, if they want to, and hopefully get the support of the community. The support of the community, I'm grateful that you just mentioned that, because without network and networking, which is something that's not taught. Mm -hmm. Uh, Let's go back in history a bit. In segregated times, we had to stick Mm -hmm. together. We had to. We had to buy from one another. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And now I'm all for free enterprise. And as you say, I'm not against anybody in business. But it would Mm -hmm. be great to have more black businesses Mm -hmm. that cater to us. But it's going to take the education, and that's not going to be taught in a public school setting about the importance of supporting how many dollars in many ethnic communities bounce in their communities, maybe up to eight to ten times before it leaves. Uh The people that they hire look like them also. And so, yeah, that's very true. Um, even if they're from the islands, Caribbean, you know. Um, so it's going to take the education of the importance of ownership. What do you say to that? I I agree with you 100%. I mean, that's one of the things, you know, that um, International Shades of Beauty was founded on. We have three pillars, education being the first. You know, we don't know what we don't know. And so – I want to use my platform and my voice to make sure that people understand, you know, what's happening, how to get into business, how to even scale your business. If you want to do business on an international global basis, how do you do that? How do you get access to to grants and funding? You know, one of the biggest issues, I think, if we go back to, you know, why are there so many um, Asian beauty supply stores and nail salons and other things like that in our uh, communities, a lot of it does have to do with access. You know, when you start looking at um, getting access to products, you know, you start reading, you start talking to people who have tried to get into this business. They've been shut out by distributors. You know, distributors want uh, African-Americans and people of color to pay for their products that they're going to place in their store up front. That same requirement is not, you know, um, extended to other communities, Asian communities. They can pay as they go. They have these relationships. But for us, it's a little bit different. Also, you want to order products. The distributor will say, hey, where's your physical location? Well, I don't have one. I have an online business. I want to sell here online oh, sorry, that's not acceptable, you know, or where is your business? Oh, my goodness, you're so too in close proximity of another one of our stores, our customers who we sell products to. Sorry, we can't do that. So we're always being denied. We're always being shut out. And it takes education to understand even before you open up or want to open up 
what you're in for. What is it going to take? Get educated, education, education, education before you even try. So I agree with you. Education is key here. Tell us more about your expo coming up that's virtually online. And um, I think it's going to help a lot of people out there who are stylists and, and really want to get in this industry. I am so excited about this expo. You know, we launched back in 2019, International States of Beauty. We launched in Dubai, actually, in 2019. It was amazing. Um, the next year, last year, we were going to Kenya and to Ghana. You know, Kenya is number three on the continent of Africa in terms of money in the hair and beauty industry. Now is the time if you're interested in import-export of products, if you have hair care products and, you know, skin care products, now is the time to definitely, if you're looking to go global, look at Africa. And so um, International States of Beauty is founded on three principles. First one, as I mentioned, was education. The second is integrity, and we talked about that in the beginning of this program. And I strongly believe if you don't build your businesses and build relationships on integrity, you have nothing, and at some point everything is going to crumble. So we teach and we talk about integrity and everything as it relates to this hair um, show that we do in National States of Beauty. The third pillar is economic development for empowerment. I meet so many women around the world, and we don't want to leave men out, um, men too, but I definitely am pro-helping women in entrepreneurship. And I've met some wonderful women in parts of the world that I can't even pronounce, <laughs> and they've had some <laughs> wonderful products <laughs> that I have, all these Pakistans and these places. Um they have some wonderful products, and people are quick to want to give you things to try, and they're amazing. But what's the likelihood of them getting their products into a store near near you or into mainstream, you know, to the main marketplace? Probably not, you know. And I'm, I'm a realist, you know. I'm definitely not a pessimist, but I'm a realist and, and definitely optimistic. But we know it takes resources, um, both human resources and financial resources um, to get these products in the marketplace. So we provide a uh, platform for businesses, want to be entrepreneurs or actual entrepreneurs who have products to get their products um, exposed. And one of the good things about um, this virtual event that we're doing, we started out in person last year because of the pandemic. We couldn't go to uh, Ghana and Kenya because of the pandemic. So I'm like, we spent all this time and resources into planning this event. What am I going to do? Um, and I had the vision to do something that we've never done before, and, and I found out really wasn't done before, not on the scale that we did it. We had this virtual hair, beauty, fashion, and wellness show. And thank God, uh, it was, it turned out, it turned out, I'm saying okay because I'm just very, you know, low key, but we made history, um, with that event last year. And the great thing about doing virtual is you can have a wider audience. You know, if we were in Kenya and Ghana, it would only have been the people who were there who could attend because I wasn't thinking about live streaming. You know, now I think about hybrid programs, doing things in person, and also always bringing in 
an international audience and have that um, exposure for everyone. So this year, November the 12th through the 14th, we have International Shades of Beauty, Reflection of Our Complexion, still focusing on the industry in Kenya. However, the world is invited. We have um, great talent, barbers and hairstylists and makeup artists from around the world joining us on the platform from Finland, from Dubai, from Turkey, from the U.S., from the U.K., from Canada, joining us, different parts of Africa, uh, Tanzania, Kenya, Nigeria, on the platform to show us the latest and greatest in the industry and what's going on in their respective countries, products that they're using. We have a phenomenal um session on import-export. I always want that to be part of everything that I do because I want people um, to have hope. And if you have products, lip glosses and body butters and hair, hair, hair care products that you want to get out there, it's an opportunity to do that. So we have um, a gentleman who is going to be uh, telling us how to get products into uh, from Africa into the U.S. within 90 days and other parts of the world. So um, I'm super excited, uh, Sabrina, about what's going to happen at International Shades of Beauty this year. Awesome. You know, uh, you mentioned something about the not just the live streaming that you're going to be doing with the virtual and people from all over the world, but mm-hmm. how people want you to have a physical location. And this is the time for online. Amazon, Uh come on. Uh Uh When they say, hey, you don't have a physical location, what are they really saying if you have an online presence? You can sell anywhere. Exactly. Um, And you're 100% correct. You can have an online store, and a lot of people do. They're selling on Shopify. I mean, there's so many, you know, platforms where people have their online stores, but I think it's just another way to discriminate or to say no, to tell us no. But we have to be determined in our position, determined in what it is that we want, and keep on until we're heard. Because you're right, Amazon online stores, it's a store. It's a store. I can go into that store online and I can order, purchase a product, and it ships to me and I get it. So why do I have to have a physical brick and mortar to be able to have right. products, get products? I shouldn't, but that's something that we have to continue to press um, and move forward into um, those arenas, into those markets, Asian markets, where we're being told no by some of these distributors. No, it's no longer acceptable. Yes. Yes. Project Cultivate. Talk about that and why is that important for girls to be exposed to? Oh, my goodness. Yes, yes, yes. That's my baby. Project Cultivate is my baby. And actually, Project Cultivate started um, as a result of International Shades of Beauty. I believe when you go into someone's country, that you give back. My team, I have a core team of educators that go with us and and are on our platform, and they, like me, believe in giving back. So um, we like to go into the community and do a community service project. And um, last year we had 
collaborated with a, a, a nonprofit in Ghana and Kenya um, to work with schools. We had like 22 schools, and um, we were collaborating with them. They were the schools um, were going to teach girls on different topics, hygiene, um, you know, sexual health, just, just different things like that. And then um, we were going to be there um, in November last year to do our community service, bring the girls into a hotel and spend the day with them, um, doing all kinds of stuff, hair, makeup, all things that girls like, and then have like a town hall and talk about those issues um, that are germane to young girls in school. But, again, because of the pandemic, we couldn't do it. And so I said, what are we going to do? Now we have this online event, 3 o'clock in the morning, like oftentimes happens with me. That's when I get my creative genius, if you will. And um, the idea of Project Cultivate came up. And I began to write down what the letters and um, cultivate mean, um, what it is that we're trying to do with these young girls. And that's how Project Cultivate began and became an actual 501c3. So we're, our mission is to help girls um, know that they have a voice, know that um, they have a hope in the future, know that they're uniquely themselves. You know, a lot of times, Sabrina, I meet girls and their, their moms who, their moms are at their wits end. They're dealing with these young girls who want to look like celebrities. They want surgery. They're only 12, 13, 14 years old, and they want surgery because they're listening to what the world has defined as beauty. And so with Project Cultivate, we really want these girls to understand what beauty really is. They define what beauty is. They set the standard. They live their lives so that others will want to follow them. And Amen. so, um, you know, we teach them about doing things in excellence and, you know, the opportunities that they have um, available to them, you know, in the world. So we do that. This this year uh, we did a, a fundraising event working with a minority-owned company out of Georgia called Rain, R-E-I-G-N. Rain makes sanitary products healthy products. All sanitary products aren't um, made equally, but they have an award-winning um, product called graphene in uh, the products, and I won't get into all of that. You can Google it and go to Rain's website and see the wonderful things that they're doing as well. But I decided to use Rain's products in this fundraising initiative, and the initiative is called Ending Period Poverty. As I keep saying, I have a heart for education. My heart is in education. And I think that every little boy and girl around this world born should have a right to education. And it bothered me when I found out that girls in Africa and other parts of the world, some third world countries, miss on an average of 77 school days per year because they don't have access the sanitary products. And I'm like, wow. whoa. So, yeah. Wow. So, 
Isn't that something? Can you imagine? And when you go to the store here in the U.S., I mean, there's so many wings, without wings, with, you know, light, ultrasound. We have so many um, options available to us, and these girls in certain parts of the world can't get anything. So they have to miss school. And, um, wow. you know, I'm like, that's, that's something. So we embarked on this uh, project to help in period poverty by sending products over. We raised money. We purchased the products from Rain Company, and we sent. The products actually are in transit now, and they should be there before um, our event, International Stage of Beauty. So we're going to have... Um, Mr. Devon, uh, De- I can't get it out, Devon Crump on the platform because, you know, I'm curious. Uh, here's an African-American man who started a company that is geared toward women's health and, and products for women, highly successful business, doing very well, and wanted to know why. And so he's going to be on the on the platform to discuss um Rain products because wellness is a part of international stage of beauty as well. And so that's what Project Cultivate is all about. Next year, we're hoping to do some work in Finland and in Scotland with people, women of color there. So we're excited. It sounds exciting. And the website, International Shades of Beauty, is where you can get more information. Um, as we wind down, though, You've been in the corporate sector and, and many other sectors, but you've mentioned something in this interview, and I, I know it to be true. Many people, whether it be the alpha generation and or post-millennial, millennial, don't want to do the same corporate stuff that their parents or aunties and whatnot. Where do you see... Black entrepreneurship, just, you know, in your mind, where do you see this going? Because look at the times we're in right now. The job market's mm-hmm. not strong. And even mm-hmm. when you come out with all these degrees, you've got mountains of debt, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. trying to pay back. Mm-hmm. So what you're mm-hmm. doing is you're giving a, um online platform for the hair care and beauty care and wellness industry. And you're also seeing people in your walks wanting to do the same thing. Do you think that there'll mm-hmm. be an explosion of entrepreneurship in, say, the next decade? We'll see many more of us out there? Wow. Again, Sabrina, great question. Um, if we look at the pandemic and what happened last year, um, the statistics say that there was, you know, this huge explosion of entrepreneurs that came about as a result of the pandemic. Depending on what you listen to and who you're listening to, you know, um, African Americans uh, definitely, people of color, definitely um, had a had a foot in the in the game, so to speak. And um, it was a great opportunity for some. Although we saw businesses opening, we saw businesses closing, and some of those businesses were ours. Um, we saw businesses closing because they didn't have access to some of that funding that the government had made available through PPP loans, uh, idle loans, and grants and other things. Why was that? Because 
um, historically, businesses aren't, or documentation is not in order. And I see that when I'm auditing, you know, corporations, sometimes documentation is not in order. So when I'm working with clients and I'm working with people, volunteering my time and saying, hey, if you want to open up your business, the first thing you have to do is make sure that, one, you keep your documentation in order, you file your taxes, because there's no way around it. Uncle Sam is always going to get his. And oh, yeah. if you want, yeah. right? Am I right? And so, oh, yes, I'm the one. And so if you're going to banks to get um, loans and, and money for um, these opportunities that you have in mind, you have to have good credit. Or if you don't have credit, begin to build credit. So I tell people, um, from what I've seen, just make sure documentation is right, business plans are right, um, form relationships with your bank. A lot of people don't do that, especially now, you know, you do online banking. Um, you don't even have to go deposit checks anymore. You scan them into your bank account and they're there. I make sure that I mean a, uh, maintain a relationship with my bank. When I go in, they know me. I, I deliberately go in. Sometimes it's a self-appointment to go in just to say hi. When it's time for, you know, PPP money, they know you. They'll reach out to you. My banks reached out to me to see if I need it, okay? Oh, yeah. Um, when it's time to get those loans changed over, you know, into grants, they're going to reach out to you. But you can't you can't have access if you don't have your business in order, your documentation, your taxes. And I've seen us miss out on so many opportunities, and we were upset because we were denied, but we weren't prepared. So that being first and foremost, what does the future look like for for us? Um, I think that. There's definitely opportunity for us. We're creative. We've always been um, a creative um, group, if you will, um, race, if you will. There's so many things. And when I meet young kids and I hear their ideas, my goodness, the, the dreams and the visions that they have are tremendous. I think if we do the work I think if we put the time in it and understand, you know, success stories overnight are far few and in between. Do they happen? Yes. But far yes. few and in between. Right? Yes. So I think right. knowing your purpose, knowing your assignment, walking into your destiny with confidence, and you've prepared, you've studied, you've done the work, the only obstacle in your way will be you. Because I yes. believe that definitely the sky is the limit. We just have to we just have to go for it. We just have to do. We have to execute. Sometimes the, out of fear of rejection, um, we don't move. What's this going to say? What are the people going to say? Am I going to do this? What happens if I fail? You just try again. As as our grand our as our grandmothers used to say, the only thing that beats a failure is a try. So we have to try. Thank you so much for being with us, giving us this great information. You're invited back anytime. And we look forward to the event on November 12th to 14th, right? It is. And I want to say this, too. Due to a general sponsor, students can attend free. You don't have to be a cosmetology student to join or in, I should, I should even say, a licensed professional 
because we have something for everybody there. But through a generous sponsor, um, those students in beauty school, cosmetology school, hair, fashion, makeup can attend free. Just go to the website to claim your complimentary ticket. Thanks so much. You're Look forward welcome. to having you back. Thank you. Thank I you. appreciate again you having me on today. Blessings. Peace and blessings to you. Thank you. Thank you.